0: Factory a day. A Popa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Big big show today, guys. How's it going? I am Chris Kiefer. Welcome in. I appreciate you guys tuning in here. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com, Kiefer tested podcast presented by FXR Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and those street bikes. And what you guys should be doing right now, it's so easy to do, go to keyforinktesting.com, click on the Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner, and then that directs you to their site, and then you continue to live your life, continue to do your shopping, and that gives us a snippet of what you're purchasing and really helps us out, and that repays us for all the information that we give you out there that is free. That's how we work these things around here. We try to make it as easy as possible, and uh, it really does help us out, lets them know that you like this show and that you listen to it weekly. So thank you guys for doing that. We appreciate it. You can go to fxrracing.com and use the code KKMX35. That is KKMX35 to save 30% off gear, helmets, goggles, boots, whatever FXR makes. Right now the LE gear is available. The ship is here. Beep, beep, beep. The ship is here. God knows it's been a struggle for gear companies lately to get stuff in stock, but FXR has the LE stuff in. So if you guys have been waiting for it, it is available, and it's going to be shipping to you soon. So thank you, little baby Jesus, for that. Um, FXRracing.com. go check them out. And another website you should check out, Racetech. racetech Racetech.com. Get your suspension, your oil, your bushings, your seals redone over at Racetech. We just got our – yes – I'm about to say this. I can't even believe it. Our RMZ450 done at Racetech. I just got the initial impression back from my test guy, PJ. He says he can't believe how much better it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concur that I probably will say the same thing, but I haven't ridden it yet. I will check it out. 2021 RMZ450, Tech does a magical job. They do great work on Hondas, Kawasaki's, and in the future, I'm going to even try a Tech suspension spec on my YZ450. So you guys want a discount, go to sales at Racetech.com. Use the word Kiefer or just simply email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, and I will get you in touch with those guys over there and get you handled. And, of course, I want to mention someone that, uh, that I really like and it has been helping out a lot right now, Robert Kong, Mission Imaging, 909 433 575 Aiden had some shoulder issues last week, so he's in there getting an the MRI right now. Uh, if you guys need an MRI, no no fuss, no muss. Robert Kong at Mission Imaging is your guy. 909-433-0575. And all of our 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper 6D, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Dunlop, and the guys over at Oldtimers MX, you guys want to? You guys are over forty, and you guys want to race some long motos? Oldtimersmx.com. They're coming. They're coming to March fifth and sixth at Western Steve Mathis's home track, White Hills, Arizona. So go check them out. You can go visit the website Oldtimersmx.com and see where they're coming to you. But they go to Alberta, Arizona, uh, British Columbia, Idaho, Las Vegas, Nevada, Oregon. Uh, the Rocky Mountains and the Sierras, Southern California, Washington, all the west side over there, they do it, and they do it right. Go visit them, oldtimersmx.com. And if you're in the area, March 5th and 6th, go hit up a race. It's pretty fun. All right, guys, a little something special for you. I kept this thing quiet here for a little while. Uh, I didn't want the other media guys to know that I've been doing this because sometimes, and it has happened in the past few times in 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 this last year or so, I mentioned something on my social media that I'm doing, and then all of a sudden, boom, another media outlet is doing it before I can get mine out. So guess what? I kept it a secret. A factory edition shootout. I got a Kawasaki SR. I got the new KTM factory edition, and I got a Honda CRF450RWE, and I went out to my favorite track to test out here on the west, on the west side of things over here. Uh, we don't get a lot of soft dirt, or really soft, ruddy conditions out here in the West Coast. Shocking, breaking news. I know you guys on the East Coast are laughing right now. But Mesquite Motocross Park in Nevada. Yes, in Nevada, there is soft dirt. Little did I know um, this was a hidden gem. I've been going there the past year and a half or so. And uh, Gary and the boys over there, Riley Bruff, Gary Bruff, and all of his boys do a great job at this Mesquite Motocross Park. They've dumped a shit ton of sand. And uh, really creates a soft, grabby dirt condition for me to test at. So we went and uh, I did all of these intros out here in the West Coast. I think I went to um, State Fair for Kawasaki, uh, Paula for the KTM, and the Honda. I also went to Paris. So I wanted to go somewhere different with all these bikes. I headed out to Mesquite for two days of just testing. I even brought my Yamaha with me to do like a little baseline to see how these bikes compare. But nonetheless, I'm bringing you this podcast to break down the bikes, tell you which, what I call, factory edition, even though KTM calls them the factory edition. I think all of these are special edition motorcycles. Uh, all of them are over ten grand, so there's something. And if nothing else, they're, uh, they're fucking expensive, right? So um, we're going to break these three bikes down. I don't have the Husqvarna yet. I plan on getting that next month. But I feel like this will give you enough breakdown to see which one is better, what they do in soft conditions and on the west side of things, because I rode those bikes here in, in uh, on the west coast, a little bit of a hard pack um, conditions, a lot different than Mesquite. Uh, if you guys don't know where Mesquite at is, it's about an hour north of Las Vegas. And if you guys are around in the area, it's a four-hour drive for me, so it's worth the drive. Uh, I think they're open Friday through Monday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but you can check out their website and uh, you can go check it out and have a lot of fun. The The jumps are safe. The dirt is deep. It's pretty amazing. I'm not used to that kind of dirt, and I go out first few laps to break in the track, and the bike just sinks, and the bike feels like it has no power, uh, especially coming from the KTM side of things. I just rode the KTM at Paula, and then the next week I went out to this Mesquite track, and I was like, holy crap, a lot of the things that I felt at Paula uh, wasn't so true when I went to Mesquite. So very interesting for me and great testing uh for me and my guys that went out there over the course of the two days. So let's break it down. I'm going to give you a little bit of a snippet of what it's like to ride each bike, and I'm going to rank them how I feel like um, they should be ranked and what is the best motorcycle, the best special racer or special edition or however the hell you guys want to call it out there, factory edition, and uh, give you guys a little snippet of uh, what you should be looking looking into if you're gonna purchase one of these motorcycles. Uh, So let's start with the Honda CRF450RWE. I've been hard on this bike. I've been hard on Hondas in the past. I have a close relationship with some of the guys over at Honda. I've done some testing with Honda. So I'm harder on this bike than most because I know how good it should be. Uh, When you walk out in the shop, I've said this several times, it makes you wanna ride. The Honda is a beautiful bike. I will stand here and say, The Honda is the best-looking special edition motorcycle there is out right now. If you look at a Honda compared to all these other bikes, it is sexy. It is awesome, and I'm like, I want to ride you just like that. I say it just like that. I want to ride you. Well, took it out on Mesquite, and um, I guess I should break down the criteria a little bit for you guys as well. So how I did this really quick before I break down the Honda is, Obviously, we break in the track. Um, we, we get some lines. We, we form three to four ruts. I'll post up some photos of the track up on my on my social media, on Inc. Testing. And then I ride these bikes several times. I just don't do one bike, go the next bike, and then go the next bike and be done for the day. I go back and forth. I make sure I ride, if I want to ride two laps in the Honda, two laps in the Cowie, two laps in the K- KTM, I do that in concession. like Consecutively, I ride those bikes back to back to back. Um, in a short amount of time, so the track is the same. It's an apples-to-apples comparison. And then I'll make some changes and go back out. So with the Honda, as soon as I... I broke in the track with the Honda, and I was like, holy crap, man, I cannot believe how good this bike is. The engine is a lot more manageable than the standard edition. The works edition is a smoother roll-on power. It doesn't have that on-off as much as the standard R model. It has a little bit of a lower tone to it. If you guys are wondering, the standard Yoshimira production muffler that you can buy for your R is different than what the Works Edition Yoshimira muffler is. The can is different. So just giving you guys a heads up, and I don't even know if you guys know that. So there is two different types of cans. There's a Works Edition Yoshimura muffler, and then there is the standard R or what you guys can purchase online over at yoshimira rdcom what you guys can purchase for your R, that's a whole different can. And the inside is the key thing here. So uh, for me, I like the standard R Yosh a little bit better, and I've tried that on the Wii, and I like that. Um, but nonetheless, you need this bike, the Honda in general, to calm down. It is very fast. It's too fast for me. It's too fast for a lot of people. If you look at on uh, Saturday nights, you're looking at Ken Roxon and, and uh, Chase Sexton. They're having some problems in the whoops. They're having some problems with some traction. Uh, they're trying to get some compliancy from this bike. That is the same thing us normal folk is trying to do with this bike as well. And a lot of that has to do with the delivery of the engine. You can help yourself a lot if you have a smoother running CRF 450. The works edition is a little bit of that way because of what we call, and I'm doing this in air quotes, you guys can't see me. I guess I should do this on YouTube so you can see what I'm doing. But air quotes, port and polish, or polish, the head on the Wii versus the standard one. It's just a smoother, a little bit more linear delivery on the Wii. So as I'm riding this bike, I'm thinking to myself, I'm carving in these lines at Mesquite, and I'm like, holy shit, this thing corners well. Uh, it's a little bit soft on the fork. It's a little bit divey, but nonetheless, it corners bitchin'. I have enough power to make inside lines to clear. Uh, there's this one big triple on the in, in the middle of this track where you can double it and then jump off the landing on the flat, or you can just roll that inside barrier and then jump and triple the whole thing. Well, at times it was tough to do on other bikes, which we'll talk about. But the the Honda has so much grunt in Map One. That I can just roll this inside and jump this stuff without any issue. Not even think about it. Like I don't even have to really fight myself within my mind to be like, I don't know if I should do this. It's just, oh yeah, I got this. No problem. Because there's so much low end that I can do these type of things on the track. So as I'm riding this thing, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm hard on this motorcycle. And I'm having a great time. So I break in the track, about a 20-minute moto. I move on to the KTM. I ride that. And as soon as I get on the KTM, I notice a couple things. Vibration is up. And you know that Honda vibrates more than other bikes. So the KTM vibrates more than the Honda. Uh, The KTM factory edition doesn't have as much low-end or RPM response as the Honda, which initially I didn't like because the dirt is so grabby that I'm like, I want some more low-end RPM response. I want some more excitement. Even in MAP2 with the factory edition KTM, I didn't have that. And at Paula, when I did this whole intro, I felt like MAP2 was too much. So this is how different it is in conditions. And this is why I always preach, like, I wish I could go back Eastmore and test because I think results within these shootouts would be different because where I thought the MAP2 factory edition KTM was too much at Paula, MAP2 on the factory edition at Mesquite wasn't enough. I needed more low-end RPM response in Area 2, Area 3 of the corner. I was like, man, I want some more like the Honda. Uh, Took that out. So that was my initial impression with the KTM against the Honda. And then I take the Kawasaki out, and I'm like, ooh, this is what excitement and a blend of nice chassis comfort feels like. Uh, The Kawasaki was a little bit more stable. I still had enough engine to get out of these insides to make uh, these longer jumps, and basically had a nice first impression of all these motorcycles right away. So then I circled back to the Honda. The track was more broken in. I had about 10 to 15 guys on the track, and now there's three to four ruts in every corner. The ruts starting getting some chop in them, and it's just the track is getting more technical. Now the Honda is a little bit more of a handful for me. Why? Because of rigidity. The rigidity on the Honda is up. Um, I talk to bigger guys that ride this bike, and they don't have as much of a problem with the Works Edition as I do, being 170 pounds uh, riding this bike through corners. Yes, it does corner. I would it's safe to say better than any other these in any other um, category. I would say the cornering is the best out of all these bikes for sure. But What I call corning stability is when all these bumps are inside of these ruts, and you guys on the East Coast know what I'm talking about, it upsets the chassis, or I feel it a lot more in my back and my ass. And when I'm trying to accelerate in Area 2 and roll these corners really nice, I feel a lot more coming through my handlebars and my pegs than I do with these other two machines. So this was something that I had a really hard time dealing with um, with the Works Edition. I noticed that once I'm out of the corner, uh, I needed to shift into third uh, a little bit early. I felt like second gear didn't rev out as far as I wanted it to, but I didn't have enough lug ability in third to roll my corner in third, so I still had a downshift to second gear, and to me... That's a problem. I want to be a little bit lazier. I'm older. I want to run third gear, but yet I want to have a, enough recovery so I can just get in and out of that corner in third gear and not have to worry about shifting. I had to be in second in these corners. They were soft. They were grabby. It had um, ruts were deep, and it had a lot of chugs within inside of these ruts. So that was a little bit of an issue for me as well, but I will tell you one thing. In softer conditions, uh, the lean angle on throttle sensation, is not as bad as I claim it to be here on the West Coast at Glen Helen. This was my number one complaint with the Works Edition as I'm making these um, these transitions from outside to inside on throttle and then going across these square edge bumps here at Glen Helen, Paula, things like that. The the Wii felt really unstable, rigid, had some deflection, so I had to drop the fork flush to try to get me some... Uh, added stability. I don't feel that as much on softer tracks. I did have to cut across some ruts and then cut across some bumps on throttle with the Works Edition at Mesquite, but the sensation, because of the dirt being so soft, I don't get as much deflection as I do here on harder pack dirt. So that is something to be noted. I think this bike works best in softer conditions Um, When the bump is a little bit taller, uh, the bump is softer, and the square edge is not so hard pack. Um, That's one thing I noticed that uh, is a little bit different with the Wii. Now, I tried map one, map two, map three on the Wii. I'm still on a map one. I feel like that's just an overall nice map where it's a little bit less on-off feeling than map three. Uh, Map two feels a little bit uh too smooth for me coming through corners so uh, map one is a is a is a nice map that gives me that all-around good feeling in my throttle hand it has good connection um once i'm in third gear third gear pulls very long i can leave it in third gear until i get to a corner then downshift um but still i feel like the honda needs to be a little bit more linear and easier to ride just like the Kawasaki and the KTM. The KTM and the Kawasaki are a little bit easier to ride than the Honda, and I still feel like I got a lot of rigidity within the Wii. I will say this about the Honda, though. Uh, once the track, um, if I can kind of paint you guys a picture, if you guys can picture six ruts coming into a corner and then six of those ruts funnel down to three, right? So do you think you have six ruts going in, but, oh, this rut leads to this rut and it blends into that one, so... I will say the Honda, once I stiffened the fork up a little bit, it was nice and stable inside of the rut getting to the corner. I didn't get a lot of movement in the rear wheel, so I like that. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to aftermarket engine mounts to try to get you a different feeling, a softer uh, initial touch, a little less rigidity. For me, I'm on a stock mount. i um, with some torque specs that are a little bit lower. You can visit that at keyforinktesting.com, or you can email me, and I can get you those. Or what I would recommend is drilling a 5-millimeter hole in the middle of your top engine mounts. That'll help compliancy a little bit, and that'll keep that nice cornering character, but once you're in the rut, it'll kind of help that rigidity feel when there's imperfections inside that rut. So that is just a little tip for me to save you guys some money without having to go to engine hangers. Um, You can just drill a 5-millimeter hole directly in the middle, and that'll help some compliancy um, for the Honda. Will it be better than the KTM or the Kawasaki? No, it doesn't get better. The only thing that makes this bike better uh, is getting a Vortex ECU. You guys are saying, well, what the fuck? That's going to make it faster. No, it's not. It's going to make it longer, more linear. Chad at XPR has a map uh, that makes this thing so connected to the ground and so long and linear that it calms the chassis down and, for me, helps uh, my cornering you know, blend into something where I really just want to be able to roll into my corners. This blends it perfectly to where now I can pick up the third gear. I'm in a higher gear. Uh, it calms the chassis down, and it has enough recovery to now get me in and out of the corner with just a couple stabs of the clutch, and I'm in and out. So the Vortex does really help. It's not about adding more power. It's about where you're spreading that power around, and the Vortex helps this thing. I just don't want to say, yeah, you just spend $13,000 on a Honda, and now you got to go buy a $1,000 ECU. That's bullshit. You guys should be able to have that within the bike the way it comes. There is fixes for the Wii, but that requires money. And trust me, I don't want to spend another grand if I just spent all this money on this Honda. I want to be able to ride it how it is and and have a smile on my face, just like I did when I walked out in the garage and I saw it. That's the bad thing with the Honda, guys, is like it's the most attractive thing ever, and then you ride it and you're like, ah, it's not as nice as I thought it was. It's like going out with a hot chick and she's a little bit stuck up and not as nice as you thought. That's that's the that's the Honda we in a nutshell for me, but like I said, it does get better in softer conditions. I was more impressed. I was even though how I really try hard not to be uh, biased when I come in these tests, and I guess maybe that's the wrong word. People are like oh Kiefer's biased. Ugh. I try to keep an open mind when I when I go to these tests, right? I've ridden all of these bikes at some point or another, so I got to wash all of that out of my brain. And when I ride the Honda, I get a little bit of a, like a little bit of, oh, oh boy. I was pleasantly surprised how well it worked in softer conditions. So it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I was really expecting this bike to be a, a far third place, you know, but it was actually closer to the KTM than I thought at Mesquite Motocross. So, Um, let me rip down some settings that I thought were best in these softer conditions. I am still at a flush fork height. So you guys out there are running two, three millimeters. Drop that sucker to to flush, uh, compression, 10 out, rebound, 11 out, 106 millimeters on the sag, low speed compression, 11 high speed compression, 2.5 out and rebound nine to 10. I went back and forth to nine to 10. As the track got a little bit firmer during the afternoon hours, I went to a rebound set uh, rebound setting of 10. And, again, these are all from all the way hard. I get a lot of questions like, hey, Keefer, when you say 10, does that 10 out or 10 from all the way in? Like, if you crank your clickers all the way in, back it out, 10 out, and that's the rebound setting that I'm talking about. Just to clear that up. All right? And – If you can, we're talking about money and spending more money. If you can find 24-millimeter clamps for the Honda or go to Ride Engineering, 23.5-millimeter clamps, it really does help calm this bike down. If this bike had a 24-millimeter offset clamp and, and let's say the Vortex ECU was the stock ECU inside this Honda, it would beat the KTM, no problem. Would it beat the Kawasaki? No. But it would get second place. Those two things are important. I need a little bit more stability because adding 24 millimeters or 23.5 millimeter clamps doesn't hurt the cornering because you can raise your fork back up to three millimeter when you have these different offsets. And it helps the compliance of the bike. You see the factory guys going to X-Trigs. Um, these guys use different races and things, but you can guarantee when they go outdoors, they're going to be on 24 millimeter offset clamps. That's, that's a fact. So... That's telling you guys something out there that ride Hondas. Like, if you're riding outdoor tracks, you should be looking in 24 millimeter offset. I wish Honda would do this stock. Uh, for some reason, they, they keep going to 22 millimeter offset. But for me, I would rather go to a 24 as it just helps a little bit more of the compliancy and stability of this machine. Because let's face it, this thing corners bitching. It's an awesome cornering machine. And it feels light when you ride it. Uh, I can stand up on this bike. Uh, ergonomically, it's the best motorcycle fit for me. I love it. Stock bar is nice. Uh, the seat to the peg ratio is nice. I do feel like the throttle tube or the Wii grips, which is the Renthal Kevlar grips, are too fat. So going back to a standard Renthal half waffle, half waffle grip is better. Um, but the bike is good. And especially it's really good for heavier dudes that can't feel rigidity like my skinny ass. So, um, so third place, Honda CRF450RWE. Uh, Second place would go to the KTM 450 factory edition. Like I said, a lot of different feelings for me from Paula to Mesquite for these two days of testing. Uh, One thing I want to mention that I did mention on on the First Impression podcast is the 70 millimeters of chain slack with this bike. This is very important. When you get your factory edition, which should be this month sometime, the 70 millimeter setting is important because when you're accelerating out of corners this chain is a little bit and the pivot point from last year's machine is a lot different. So measure from the chain slider that's on top of your swing arm from the bottom of your chain. The very bottom of your chain to the chain slider there should be a 70 millimeter setting between there and that's the very end of your chain slider, okay? The very end of your chain slider to the bottom of the chain. Measure 70 millimeters, whatever it is that you want. Is It, a, it could be a bolt. You could have a little uh, a measuring tool stick to use 70 millimeters, but I simply found a 70 millimeter bolt, and I stick that thing on the end of the slider to the bottom of the chain, and that way I know I have the right setting. That's important because I had it tighter at the beginning of this test, and the shock worked like shit. So that's a big difference. That's something that's different for me that I didn't feel on last year's KTM. So make sure that 70-millimeter slack is there. You might think, ah, it's loose. It's a little bit loose, but if you took that shock off and you grabbed that rear wheel and pushed it all the way up, you could see how tight that chain gets. If you went back to a uh, 60-millimeter or 55-millimeter setting, or 62, let's say 62 millimeters, that was last year, it, it gets too tight, and then that binds up your rear end, which gives you less traction and makes your bike feel harsh. So it really does help traction with the setting, so just make sure that is uh, something you guys look at. So riding the KTM Factory Edition, what were the different feels that I had from, from from Paula? Well, again, engine is not as strong as I originally thought it would be. It has a lot of the same character. As last year's KTM, it's a linear low-end power with, I will say, more mid-range than last year's bike. It has a really strong mid-range power. Top end is also really strong, and it revs pretty far. I think it revs out better than any other bike in this little shootout that I did. But it just needs more low-end RPM response for this grabby soft dirt. I would say it works better in hard-pack conditions in MAP1 and MAP2. And MAP2 could be a little bit too much for some riders, older riders, if you're riding harder packed dirt. But when I tried MAP2, it makes the bike more on-off feeling through the corners, which I didn't like, but yet didn't give me enough pull um, past 5% throttle opening. So that 0 to 5% is jerky in MAP2, but yet after I'm past that, I needed more. I'm like, come on, baby, come on. Like the Kawasaki and the Honda where it's like picks up really quick, has a light feel. This KTM has a little bit of a of a heavier crank feeling and um, than the other two bikes. I will say it is a bit a little bit freer feeling than last year's KTM, but I still would like a little bit more torque feel coming out of the corner in softer conditions. Uh, like I said before, it vibrates more than last year's bike. I think I'm the minority in this. I don't know why. I'm the only one that feels this. Maybe it's my bike. I don't know. But other magazine outlets say it vibrates less. I feel like mine vibrates more. I've put different bars on. I'm on a Pro Taper Evo bar that is um, race team bend. So it's like a 996 bend. That's the bend I stick with on this bike. I like that bend, and I get less vibration with the Pro Taper bar. Pro taper bar versus the neck and stock bar, but I just feel like there's more vibration coming through the pegs. So, especially with, compared to the to the Kawasaki, the Kawasaki virtually has no vibration, and to me is just feels way better um, as a whole. Like it feels less what I can say less cheap feeling. When you have vibration, it just feels like it's ratty and roached out and loose. So. I started this test, and the bike had seven hours on it, which to me is the perfect amount of time to really start honing in on this bike, because if you get this bike and it's zero hours, it's going to be stiff, it's going to feel different, the fork's going to feel like shit, and you're going to want to break this thing in, so give it seven hours to break in to really give yourself an opinion on this bike. If you like this bike in two hours, you're going to love this bike at 7.5 hours, so just know that. Uh I think this bike has the best lead-in coming into ruddy corners. Just like I mentioned, that six ruts coming into three ruts. The rear end of the KTM is by far the best, even the Kawasaki. The Kawasaki's stable everywhere, but it does have a little bit of a long feel when you're in these little ruts coming into corners. That that moment when you're coming into this, when you have this long, deep rut, and you're like, oh, shit, this rut is going to cut over and get into this line— The KTM feels so planted and light feeling that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can get in and out of corners. I just feel more compact riding the KTM in tighter areas than I do with any other bike in the shootout. The Honda corner's the better. The corner's the best, I feel like, but I feel more compact and easier to get out of the corner once I'm in it with the KTM, if that makes sense to you guys out there. Uh, the Honda feels like it's really nice leaning in, and I get in the corner real nice, but once I get in the rut and there's some imperfections, it feels harsh and rigid. This KTM doesn't, and it gets in and out of those areas quicker and easier for me than the other th- other two bikes. So that is a plus. I do feel like there is more stability within this bike, this chassis, this new chassis versus the old one, especially, like I said, when there's bumps and little imperfections inside of these ruts, I feel like I get more stability. Now, on edge of the tires, on throttle, I do think it's still a little bit better than last year's KTM, but not as good as the Kawasaki. Um, We'll get to the Kawasaki, but the Kawasaki feels a little bit shorter to me with the KYB suspension versus the Showa stuff, and that's the problem I had with the Kawasaki in standard form is that it feels long. The Kawasaki doesn't feel as long as the standard edition, but still has more stability within the KTM, unless I'm in these ruts, okay? So uh, when I'm in these ruts, this KTM, if this whole track was just one rut going around the whole track, the KTM would probably win just because of how safe I feel inside these ruts. I don't feel like I'm going to pop out at any moment, um, even with this fork. The fork is the major issue with this KTM. If KTM would just put a spring fork on this bike... I honestly don't think anyone could beat it. If they've come up with the spring forks, you know, just a stock setting, whatever, right? Let's say they go back to an open bath fork and they design it for the newer chassis. It's going to be way better than this air fork. The air fork, I'm not going to say it's horrible, but when you ride the Showa fork on the Honda and then you get this cow the KYB on the Kawasaki, the air fork just feels cheap as I'm riding it. It, when I slap down on jumps, it feels harsh. I, I hear more sounds within the fork. It doesn't feel like it, it moves that well when I slap down on something. Um, if I'm Jean out, the shock has an empty high speed compression feel where the KYB on the Kawasaki feels like there's hold up. It has quality. It just has a quality feeling. And uh, that has something that's something to be said when you're riding these motorcycles, trying to ride them fast in conditions that are really tough. Uh, the fork is just not great. I don't know if they went forward in the development on this fork versus last year. I had to go to 11 bar to get the hold up that I wanted. I mean, it's not that much, 10.9 in stock. Uh, compression, 14 out. I did the rebound to 14 out. I slowed the rebound down just to get some a little bit more um, planted feel coming into these corners which it did uh, the shock uh, 15 on low speed um, 15 on the rebound and then 1.5 on the high speed I actually went to 1.25 on the high speed just to help it hold up a little bit more on these G outs or loads coming up face of the jump mesquite has a couple of faces that are steep and short and I wanted some more hold up and that helped. But I just feel like over the course of the day, there was more changes within this KTM uh, versus the other other two bikes in this area. But the motor is so easy to ride, even though it doesn't have a lot of low end, I can actually ride it harder. Um, this has always been the case for me. Like, it's, it's very deceiving to ride a KTM. You ride a KTM and you feel like it doesn't have a lot of power, but yet your lap times, which on my Lip Pro showed I was faster on the KTM than the Honda because of how it can get into the corner was a little bit more stable Um, when the ruts were jacked up if the ruts especially with the ruts got hooked i could get in those hooks or just cut down just below the hook easier on the ktm so this is why the ktm is better than the honda even though it has a little bit more vibration and the fork is not great i would say the shock is decent Uh, i just want a little bit more high speed compression feel out of that the cockpit area of the KTM feels nice. It took me a little while to kind of find a blend of a bar that I like. I tried SX Race, uh, that felt too tall and swept back. I went to Husqvarna Stock Band, that felt too low. And then I settled on the new Race Team Bend from Pro Taper, which is like a 996 Bend, and then I cut those to 806. Uh, stock length is 811, so um, 806 is where i settled on the bar bend to me i'm really looking forward to riding this bike more because i feel like there's a lot of potential if i put uh, a spring fork on it i get a little bit more bottom end out of maybe uh, an ecu or a muffler i think i can ride this bike faster than the kawasaki but at this point in time how it comes i feel like i could just ride the kawasaki longer and harder than this ktm It's commercial time here right now, 35 minutes in, and we're going to do some commercials. Listen to these suckers because there's some savings to be had. That's right, savings. Save yourself some money because you frankly need it because you just spent $12,000 frickin' dollars on one of these bikes. Holy hell. Listen to these commercials. Screenprintingdone.com My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Go to screenprintingdone.com This is a t-shirt You can get anything you want on that t-shirt I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly Your business name That's my business Your kid's name Oh, Billy Your favorite phrase, like let's go buddy Or free jailbirds I agree Anything at all screenprintingdone.com t-shirt printing business mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free t-shirts that's what i'm talking about screenprintingdone.com hey Kiefer, what oil should i run what weight should i run lots of emails coming in about oil you know what i choose bloodlubricants.com 1040 pro series synthetic oil if you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at bloodlubricantsinfo at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So... Great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-Engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's Ride-Engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts, I mean, I help him as well, but he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong, and ProTaper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, ProTaper.com. I'm currently using SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand-new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So ProTaper.com, they have race cut grips. They have sprockets. They have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding 720-212-4685 you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages, and you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ and enter the Victory Zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at—Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them. PowerMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Time. Why you punish me? Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what it takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times, you can reach your full potential, and of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to LitProLive.com. You can email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times. Get a better result as your, you know than your buddy, That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text, who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, Chris at KieferIncTesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on liprolive.com. We're back. Rejoice. You made it. You saved yourself some money and you listened to the commercials, so we're all happy now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that leads me to the Kawasaki. It's the winner for me. I never thought I would pick a Kawasaki to win a shootout even if it's my own little shootout internally. Uh, The SR has changed my thought process on the Kawasaki, and that is all thanks to KYB. Not to say the Showa stuff isn't good. In stock form, the Showa stuff is very soft on the Kawasaki, a lot of dive, a lot of pitching. There is less pitching with the KYB stuff. There's a lot of dampening feel with the fork on the SR. And to me, when the track got screwed up late in the day, the SR was just superb because, man, it stuck like glue. Especially when I wanted to cut across the track or change lines or um, when I had these these acceleration bumps coming out of a corner, the, the frame on the Kawi is just so compliant and so I had so much less force on my back. And I had some cracked ribs while I was doing this test and I could my ribs were thanking me when I rode the Kawasaki. I could feel less of the track because of the Kawasaki versus the KTM and the Honda. So I gravitated towards that Kawasaki more at the end of the day just because it just was more of a friendly machine to to ride. There is a lot of RPM response. Um, It's snappy. Uh, It has a lot of mid-range. I would say maybe not quite as much mid-range as a KTM, but damn near close. It has a longer second-gear roll-on than the Honda, and third gear is a little bit closer to me, and I could shift. I could almost lug it it's not quite a Yamaha in third gear, but it's almost there. It's definitely better than the KTM and the Honda. So I had a couple slower guys ride it, and they're big third gear lugging guys, and they could actually use third gear and fan the clutch a little bit uh, easier with the Kawasaki versus these other bikes. So... Again, the big surprise here for me is just the suspension and how it feels for a wide range of riders. I'm 170. I had a 200-pound guy ride it. Then I had a 185-pound guy ride it, and we could get the sag measurement right. And everyone came off the track going, wow, this bike is something else. It's easy to ride. I can go fast on it. It's manageable power. It's just easy and compliant to get around on a track that's going to shit. So, um. What I thought at the end of the day of day one, I'm like, okay, good to know. This is all great information. Day two, I had him rip the track again deep, and I went out on the Kawasaki first instead of the Honda, and I couldn't couldn't really wrap my head around the fact that this thing actually has front-end bite. When I'm trying to carve these corners and make these ruts, and then all of a sudden I have this nice rut, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to rear-steer in this thing a little bit. It's going to feel heavy in area two of the corner. Uh, Those thoughts never came into my mind because I had so much front end traction and the bike didn't feel so rear wheel biased. And I would say, to be fair, the Kawasaki has got more neutral over the years, but still feels more rear wheel biased than other machines, especially the two that I was running it against, the Honda and the KTM. And I could get in and out of these corners Easier than I thought I could. So I'm like, wow, it doesn't feel like a long turd like the stock KX does at times for me. Uh, (laughs) And the engine with the pro circuit pipe and the head that they created has such a stronger feel than the stock Kawasaki. So if I can, I can paint you this picture. You guys out there that have a standard KX450, it has really touchy throttle response. Like it's too touchy. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it jacks your corners up. Well, going to a pro circuit muffler, it kind of deadens that 0 to 5% that I was talking about earlier on the Honda. That 0 to 5% of the Kawasaki kind of flattens out a little bit. And it gives you more rear wheel control and provides you less chassis movement in the corner. And then when you roll your throttle on over the standard edition, this thing pulls far. And it pulls hard. The standard edition is kind of empty once you're out of that 0 to 5% touchy feel. The SR doesn't have that touchy feel, and it just has a lot of meat. There's a lot of mid-range meat in this thing, and it just provides you um, – it rewards you. That's a better word. It rewards you with – I guess it opens the track up for you more. It rewards you to where you can go where you want, Hey, I want to try this new line. I'm going to have enough meat to get through this soft area and still be able to get to that jump. I still had more bottom end to get over that triple out of a corner with the Honda, but I felt more secure when it was wet and slimy up the face on the Kawasaki. I had more planted feel, like I felt like my my knobbies were in the ground more on the Kawasaki versus the Honda, where I had a lot of power on the Honda, but my didn't just didn't feel like they were just digging in like I wanted to. So uh, for me, that's something that uh, makes a rider feel safe. And when a rider feels safe, you want to go fast, right? And the Kawasaki makes you want to ride faster because you feel safe. And as an older guy, that's what we want. So um, for me, all around, the the Kawasaki was just a better bike uh, in the softer, rougher conditions. Uh, fork height is at three millimeters where we, we set it at compression 10, rebound 10 sag one Oh four compression, um, low speed compression at eight rebound 11 and high speed compression one and one quarter. I would like to probably go up and do the Jody on the KX450 SR and add a tooth to the Kawasaki just for me to get into third gear a little bit more, make it a little bit more luggable. Um, but that's something I'll work on later on. But nonetheless, man, the Kawasaki SR is uh, is a great bike. I do not see us getting a 2023 KX450 with KYB on it. Showa is going to have to go to work and really try to improve on what KYB has done with their SR. But now that the shot has been shot with KYB, it's going to be, I think, obtainable for Showa to see what they need to do. Showa needs to get a little bit more dampening feel without creating um, a harsher feel. Because sometimes on the Showa side of things, when you get some more hold up, you get a little bit of a harsher feel, where the KYB side, they found a way to get a firmer feel and get a blend of comfort with that, which is very, very hard to do. I mean, it's tough to do. So um, we'll see what Kawasaki does come up with in 2023. I do assume it will be a fairly new machine. I don't know if it's going to be all new, but I do feel like there's going to be some significant upgrades. Hopefully, they'll keep that blend of, of a chassis that has comfort, um, a lot of comfort and then maybe get us a little bit better cornering. Uh, hopefully, they don't try to make this thing razor-sharp cornering like Honda did. And hopefully, uh, Honda gets a little bit more Kawasaki in it, and then uh, maybe uh, Kawasaki gets a little bit more Honda in it. That's where <laughs> I feel like each one of these bikes need. Honda needs a little bit more stability. Kawasaki could use a little bit better lean-in cornering, but, man, it's so stable once in the corner, and coming out of the corner, it feels really nice. So uh, maybe I'm asking for too much, right? But nonetheless, uh, I still feel like you East Coast soft guy conditions out there uh, will like a Kawasaki SR versus these other bikes. I'm going to dive in more with this KTM. This thing has me really intrigued. I was really hoping for a really... Uh, just like a different feel. Uh, listening to these, these Cooper Webb and Plessinger, and they're like, oh, man, it's a total different feeling bike. Like, I had to get used to it. So I was expecting that when I hopped on it, and it I didn't give me that vibe. It didn't give me like, oh, man, this is a completely different machine. Um, but the chassis does feel like it's going the right direction. I don't think these guys in Saturday nights are having problems because of the chassis so much. Um, I do think some of it is... Um, some suspension, but as far as chassis feel, I think uh, it's pretty stable. And we always can't judge these professional factory Supercross racers' bikes with what we do on the weekends when we go riding. Like, look at Brandon Hartraft; that Suzuki is putting it in the main. Like, and then if we bought a stock Suzuki, it wouldn't be that good. And I think uh, these KTM riders are struggling a little bit for themselves. Uh, But I think this KTM is still great for an all-around type of rider. Especially if you don't want a lot of 450 power. Like if you think Honda has a lot of power, the 450 KTM is pretty manageable. It's nice and easy to ride. I'm looking forward to riding the 23 KTM 350. I heard that's going to be an an awesome machine. It's going to have a lot of power. And if it feels as good as the old one as far as, like, inertia, crank mass, and how light it feels on the track, and they give you more power, that's going to be the ultimate machine. I want to ride a 350 because it's easier to ride, especially how lightweight it feels in and out of corners. So that's what I'm excited to ride. But once again, I came through here and uh, wanted to do this little internal shootout while I had these bikes and give you a snippet of what I think is better. And right now, Kawasaki, to my surprise, has the best factory edition motorcycle out there um so you can go check them out i'm sure those are available ktms will be available at the end of this month end of this month uh, in february and uh the honda works edition is available right now as well so uh, any questions about this show uh you want to get some settings if you didn't if you kind of missed these settings that i reached out to you guys on this podcast chris at keferinktesting.com. i'll get those out to you but Nonetheless, I'm always here to help you, support the advertisers that support this show, and we'll continue to do these special little tests and get you some more information and try to get you the techie details uh, that you're looking for. I know sometimes these things are long-winded, but I like to uh, overdo it at times and really try to explain it like you guys are on the back of my tailgate and we're at the track and I'm pointing in, in the area that some of these bikes are better. I think dirt bike people, we can relate to that type of talk. Uh, we can talk about which jumps or what and then how I can get over that type of jump or what the bike is doing. We can kind of relate in that way, and that's how I try to talk through these podcasts. So um, if I don't make sense or if I sound like dog shit, email me. Let me know what you guys want to see more of. And uh, I'm looking to do some more durability side of things. I know that's important to you guys as well. I've been getting a lot of emails about durability sides like, yeah, sure, the Kawasaki is great, but how is it dura- in the, in the long term of things, right? I know some of that has got a bad rap in the past, so we'll try to spend more time on these factory editions. I'm all, I'm at the mercy of these manufacturers to see how long I can get these bikes, and if I can get them long term, then we learn more about this durability, and we can do more of these these articles that are up on my website and these podcasts, but if I don't have these bikes, it's tough for me to do that, so I only can give you the information that I have, and it's been given to me, so as of right now, the Kawasaki SR had over 15 hours on it when I gave it back, and I had no problems with it. The, the, all of these bikes have hydraulic clutches. Um, if I would say one was better than the other, I would say uh, the Kawasaki is a little bit less on-off feeling. Uh, the, the Brembo is very on-off feeling, and so is the, the Honda. Uh, I'd hate the Kawasaki Levers. There is a test of the ARC levers up on my site right now. You can see that. That's on the Kawasaki. Those are better levers. Uh, I was talking to Eric from Works Connection, and he was thinking about making some levers as well for hydraulic clutches. So that could be in the works. That could be better. Uh, But, yeah, so if I get these bikes long-term, which I do have the KTM long-term. KTM's nice enough to give me those long-term. Kawasaki and Honda have very minimal machines to give out long term so um i'm stuck with getting maybe these bikes for a month or month and a half so um hopefully maybe they listen to this and they give it to me long term and we can do some more durability stuff um thanks for listening i appreciate it it's been a quick show but uh informative right hope to see you guys at the track soon if you guys do see me at the track come by the truck we'll talk um i'm here to tell you the truth um good or bad and that's what we do here over at KieferInkTesting.com. We try to give you the truth so you spend your money wisely and in the right direction. So um, keep coming back for more. There is the new KieferInkTesting.com, or you can simply just put keyfertested.com and that'll direct you to the place you need to go. And we have a new store. Hit it up. We can shop some Kiefer Ink merch. Just simply click on the things that you love, and we will get the lovely Miss Heather Keefer to ship them out for you And if you do have a merch question, hit up Heather at com. Or if you're a youngin, a teenager, and you want to know about some teenage things, motorcycles, what's better, or if you want to know more about a Kawasaki 250, Aiden at com. That's my son's email, and he will get back to you as well. We're trying to make it a family deal over here, and we hope to see you guys at the track soon. See you guys.